0: For freedom podcast this podcast exists to bring to light the legalism and abuse in the independent fundamental baptist movement and to encourage believers to grow in grace through the scriptures now here's your host john hollyfield
1: freedom podcast i am your host john hollyfield and along with me is the other host that's what i was calling i don't know we, should we say co-host mr the co-host other host, the other host the other guy uh james Saferit. and uh it's good to have you on board james how you doing i'm doing well john having a good time and uh
2: just finished painting my upstairs john it was the first time i've used a industrial sprayer to spray paint stuff and it was amazing i did 10 gallons in three hours and i did you you rolled it afterwards right no i just sprayed the whole thing it was incredible to roll it after you spray it no i didn't it looked good why don't they roll it again i did two coats well go and roll
1: it in it wasn't like like putting a lot of pressure on rolling it. I don't know why we're giving paint tips right. I now. don't either. We're <laughs> not a painter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not painters at all. No. It's like let me tell you how to paint industrially. Um, it was just it was okay, just cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I bet it was fun. Um whenever something is going on quick and it's a big project, it is very satisfying. It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh we are uh, glad to be back with you uh, this week. We have uh, some, some cool things to do today, so let's just jump into it. First of all, though, we need to start with our This Week Roundup. Yeah. All right, and some big news for the 4 Freedom Podcast this week. And, James, why don't you go ahead and do a, we'll do a jump drum roll and let everybody know what is the big news for the 4 Freedom Podcast.
2: Big news coming up today. We just hit 10,000 downloads. Come on.
1: There's a podcast that probably hit 10,000 downloads in two weeks. All right. But yeah. for us, we're third. This is episode number 30. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure if five people would listen to this when I started. <laughs> and we've hit 10,000 downloads. And to be honest with you, it's probably we've been to 10,000 downloads probably for a little bit. Um, the stats that I track are on our, on Anchor. And if you're interested in podcasting, I highly recommend Anchor. Um, But the the stats that I follow are are the stats that come from Anchor. And I was probably about eight or nine episodes in whenever I started using the Anchor platform for my podcast. So it's only keeping stats after the first nine episodes had already come out. So before then, I definitely had downloads and listens uh, to those episodes before, but uh, since then... Uh, it just crossed the 10,000 download mark, and I just want to say, uh, James and I both just want to say a huge thank you to everybody that listens and everybody that's uh, commented to us since the start of this thing, and uh, really with the busyness of our schedule, it's, it's one of the reasons why the 10,000 downloads, mark, the, the fact that you're listening and uh, and that we are doing some type of helping uh, is uh is, is the reason why we keep doing it because we are you know we it's not like we have a whole lot of extra time for this um yeah. but we keep making the time for it because uh it appears to be um be of use to, to some people so thank you so much james you have something to say
2: yeah, and, you know, just in the last two weeks, we've had to use this disclaimer. We'll use it again. This episode has not been sponsored by Anchor FM. This episode is not. <laughs> if Anchor wants to sponsor us, we'll let them, uh, but we we are not. But, yeah, I, I do want to say thanks to the listeners. You know, it's been a blessing to me. Uh, some people have reached out, and uh, I just appreciate that. And, like I said, anything we can do, I shared my phone number several weeks ago. If you want to reach out to us or connect with us on <laughs> Uh, Facebook, you can, and uh, we'll definitely want to be a blessing and a help to anyone that may be going through this. Not saying we know all the answers, but, you know, we're our young, and we've been going through some things in life as well, so.
1: Yeah, and and so with that, uh, we are going to move on to our next thing. Um, uh, Not a whole lot happening this week. James, have you kept up with WandaVision? I have. I just finished the last episode, and it was great.
2: Um, seeing Agnes and some little uh, Easter eggs for Doctor Strange in there. And uh, that was pretty cool to see. And I'm pretty excited about where it's going to be going. One episode left, right, or two?
1: Yeah, the finale's coming up. I had all these theories, and I don't know now. I feel like after the last episode, which I agree with you, I think the last episode was fantastic. I mean, I, I think... Uh, well, I, I was going to say, I think all my theories are like blown out of the water. I have no idea what they're going to do as far as ending this thing. But I, I think that last episode is going to get some awards attention because it specifically the, I know the show has sort of dealt with the subject of grief, but that episode specifically really touched on grief. And I know it's been getting a lot of traction, that quote that's in the episode, but it was, it was, it was good. What is, uh, what is grief if not love persevering? That's a great quote. It is. And uh, and so hats off to the guys over there at Marvel with putting out a great product there. Speaking of those that produce great comic book products, one of my frustrations and loves is DC. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Snyder Cut drops in a few weeks. And so I know uh, I'm excited about it. James, you're excited about
2: it. Oh, I'm so pumped. Me and my wife sat down the other day when I was telling her about it. And we rewatched the original, not the original, the former Justice League movie, just so that she could remember. So when we start watching the Snyder Cut, we can see the differences and uh, really excited. Also in the DC world, a new show came out on CW, uh, Superman and Lois. Uh, it's it's a really good take on it. It's a take of Superman as an adult. Um, I just wish they would get new stories. They stuck with the same Lex Luthor, not the same person, but Lex Luthor as well. Um, they're reinventing it a little bit, but... Uh, it's it's good. It's a good story play, but I don't know. I wasn't as as impressed as I probably wanted
1: to be. Yeah, we'll see where that one goes. Um, last week, I we were having a little bit of a. Uh, I was not uh, drinking anything or smoking anything. I was <laughs> I was probably overtired, but we were having some fun, and I mentioned that we had I had a clip of Tony Hudson uh, preaching about a tambourine, and this is going to bring us into a new segment of the show. Uh, that we're gonna begin doing. I found my old IFB sermon CDs, and so what we're gonna be doing is we're we're going into the archive of John's old IFB days, and uh, we're gonna pull clips out of some of these the crazy some of these crazy ones, and uh, and play for you uh, one each week. And so this week uh, we're gonna. I, I told you I was gonna play the tambourine clip. So let me play the tambourine clip from this message that was preached at the church and college that James and I attended. This was in two thousand five at their camp meeting, and this was Tony Hudson preaching. Here's a clip of
0: I said, Ben, come on up here, y'all. We're gonna take up an offering, y'all go ahead and kick it off, and he put that banjo on. Just banjos on the pulpit, I start to feeling things. Any church with a banjo, I said this one time, if we had a church where we didn't have a banjo picker. At our church, I'd set a banjo up there on a rack just to let people know, sir, if we had one that could, he'd be playing it. I got a tambourine on my, on my platform. It, it, it's out of tune, but I've got it. I keep it there just to keep them college graduates on their toes. Hey, man! Because they're not going to intimidate me. If I want to shake, I thought the thing, when the man gave me the tambourine, I just thought it was a fancy offering plate. But if I want to shake it, bless God, there ain't no Bible for you to tell me I can. not But I got a whole lot of Bible to tell you why I can. Don't you die on me, man. Listen, I'm almost through. But if if you start dying on me, I'll sit down right here and preach on it for a little while. I'll sit down, I will sit down up here, and I'll preach, bless God, I will preach till I get through, bless God. You better like my tambourine. (laughs) Hallelujah to
2: God. You better like my tambourine, baby.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah, there you go. I, th- now, James, I believe that this was actually preached a year before you came or or two years before you came. But I was there and he mounted the pulpit when he said that. When he said, I'll sit down right here, he was actually sitting down on top of the pulpit uh, saying that. And um, so, I mean, he he's actually talking about legalism. Shocker. We'll play some more clips of this as the weeks go on because I have several clips taken from this message. But he's actually talking about legalism, and, man, he's, like, intimidating you to like what he says you ought to like.
2: Exactly. I just like that he said, I'm going to just preach it right here, and you're going to like it. You're going to like what I'm going to (laughs) preach.
1: Oh, I love Tony Hudson. You you better like it. You You better better like like it. it. You better like it. You better like it. Oh, my goodness. Or else what? All right, now. This is the, this is going to be the actual archive clip that we play. I told you I'd play the tambourine clip, and so we did. So this is the actual clip from this message, and uh, I just want you to hear uh, how he he just, man, this is, and it's amazing, James, as you listen to it, you think, man, I love that kind of stuff back then. But now it's, you just feel so awful about yourself because listen back to it it's just so wrong and so this was one where he talks about feeling something with music and he goes off on a guy in the audience
0: hey brother ben they got the thing about god handled it all and i got rather emotional got the feeling it. and sir look up here bob jones graduate sir look up here at me just a minute you try and tell me something big as god moves in you and you can't feel it you ain't got what I got. you trying to tell me something big because the Holy Ghost takes up residence for so the tabernacle. Sir, you're trying to tell me that God, the Holy Ghost, can move in and you don't know He's in there. Sir, you better tell that lie to somebody else because you ain't got what I got. You ain't got what I got, bless God. You ain't got what I got. You ain't even close to it, bless God. Amen. You ain't got what I got, professor. It's preaching time. I said, "Mm, I feel something on that.
1: I'll be honest, I was there. Now, I don't know who he was talking to. Are preaching at, um, I was in the balcony watching this. I don't know specifically who he was preaching to, but I've got to tell you, I was there. He was looking and pointing at someone on the main level. I don't know if it was just the theatrics and there wasn't really anybody. I tend to believe it was someone he was going at. But can you imagine being that person? Not only is this massive man... Screaming at you like this. <laughs> yes. But you also have everybody else screaming and shouting him on like he's exactly right in that. I mean, do you imagine like you probably feel like you just want to get out of there because they're about to, to be violent or something. I don't know, but it was it's crazy. Listen
2: here, Bob Jones graduate. Listen here. You ain't got what I got. What? And he just kept and saying that. close. Yeah, You know, I'm a huge... That's what
1: passes for old time preaching.
2: Yeah, I heard this the other day. I was listening to some things and some old stuff. And a guy said that he... And it may have been on a podcast that I listened to. I don't know. But he said that he was a huge Jerry Clowers fan. And I'm a huge Jerry Clowers fan as well. I love Jerry Clowers. Good old school comic relief. Very clean. Clovis led better. Yeah, old Clovis and... Led, all the, all those guys, Marcel. Marcel and all those. Um, and one of the guys, he said that he heard Tony Hudson use Jerry Clowers stories in his preaching and passed them off as his own <laughs> stories. And you know, the more I got to listen, the more I can hear the resemblance of Jerry Clowers and Tony Hudson and the way they say things, uh, you know, uh, Maybe we can just listen to Tony Hudson as a comic relief like we did Jerry Clowers. I don't know. Uh,
1: but so you're saying that your hypothesis is that Tony Hudson's theatrics are ripping off Jerry Clower. That's what I heard on a podcast or I heard somewhere else. I'm not saying that. It sounds familiar,
2: but there's a lot of like mannerisms if you listen to the two.
1: Mm, that's a hot take right there. It is. That's a hot take. Hot takes only right here on the Four Freedom Podcast, everyone. Mm, yes, sir.
2: And you are right.
1: right here on the Four Freedom Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, today is going to be an interesting episode. Um, the, we are getting ready to venture into the specific areas of legalism. But to be honest with you, uh, life has been absolutely crazy. James is. Uh, James is a... Your official title is youth pastor or assistant pastor? Associate pastor of youth and children. Associate pastor of youth and children. But quite honestly, James has been the acting pastor there at his church uh, for quite a while now. Um, And I say that because most of all the pastoral duties have been resting on his shoulders while they're in the middle of a pastor search. So James is not a guy who has a whole lot of free time. Um, myself, I have just accepted the pastor here at our church. Our church is much smaller than James's. But I also work by vocationally uh, three days a week. And so my job that I work at uh, really doesn't allow me much time to work on anything else. I pretty much am and, and focused on that job when I'm there. Uh, it's, it keeps me pretty busy. And then when I come home, I'm determined to be home. And I know James has the same conviction to be there with his family. And then we all we also determined to have at least one day off and focus on our family on those uh, off days. And so that leaves me with two days a week to work at the church and and get my things prepared for I preach twice a week. And uh, that takes quite a bit of time to prepare that. And so the other church duties that I have check on people as well. So always fighting for a minute here. And so for that reason... We are a little bit behind on scheduling some things. And so this week is sort of opened up. Uh, We needed a week to get some things ironed out. So we're going to do that actually uh, tomorrow. Uh, But today we, if you want to call this a filler episode, it is. But we wanted to talk about something that actually might be of help to you. So this episode is going to be completely about books. Now, we both rest on the sufficiency of Scripture the importance of Scripture, the inerrancy of Scripture, and the Bible as our, our, our uh, sole book that we go to for life and godliness. But we also understand that God has given men that, have, that God worked in their lives to produce to us uh, materials, books that uh, are enriching for the body of Christ. And so books are a very key important thing. One of the things that got me to reading back uh, several years ago is that, uh, that um, this statement that I heard, and I'm not saying this is Bible truth, but it was a statement that was said that you are no different 10 years from now than you are today except for the people you spend time with and the books you read. And so I really started self-evaluating myself myself. And, uh, and asking, am I growing? Am I growing? Are the people I'm spending time with growing? Therefore, is that leading me to grow? And I got to be honest, I wasn't reading at all. So I couldn't mark that down as something of growth. Now, as far as my walk with God, yeah, that was struggling too at the time. And so I started asking myself, what can I do to start growing as an individual? I don't want to be the same spot that I am 10 years from now. So I started reevaluating my walk with God. I started looking for books to read. And and so books, I think, are very important. So we have a couple of categories we want to look at. We're going to talk about some books today. And so these are the categories we're going to do. The books that have impacted you or the book that's most impacted you. We're going to talk about books that have influenced you in legalism, uh, on your view of the Bible, ministry, and family. What book? are you currently reading that you love? And then we're going to talk about, wrap it up with a couple of books in your Amazon cart or on your bookshelf that you are looking forward to reading. All right. So James, why don't you, I just gave the long introduction. I'm going to turn it over to you to start us off. And if you want to say some introductory comments or something, but the book that has most impacted you. Yeah. Well, thanks, John. Uh, You know,
2: it's been, Uh, My reading journey has been very tough, I would say, in my life. I'm not a big reader. Um, I have to want to read, Um, and so what I've done is I've had to develop myself as far as finding things that are going to interest me in reading. Um, I just can't go to a bookstore and find something that looks good and read it. I'm a history guy, and I'm a religion guy, leadership, things like that, and so um, as I've Grown in my reading, I've grown in the ability to pick up books, and right now I'm in three or four books that I'm reading currently. Uh, But outside of the Bible, as John said, the Bible is our go to, sole authority, um, guidebook, you could say, of life. Um, Outside of the Bible, the most impacted book that I've read um, was really about seven years ago um, as I was coming through my journey out of the Independent Fundamental Baptist movement. Um, And the book that I read was Real Christianity by Kerry Schmidt. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read that book, John, but it is a fantastic book. Um, He talks about religion. He talks about um, gospel-centered life a little bit. Uh, It's just a great book that I read when I was there in Idaho. And I really started transforming the way I thought, the way I acted. Um, And Kerry Schmidt, his name's going to be on here another time as well for me. Uh, because he's been a very impactful writer
1: person for me personally, so that's awesome. And uh, no, I have not read that book. I actually haven't even heard of that book. So uh, well, it, I wrote it yeah. down, and I, I meant to say this earlier uh, for our listeners: uh, go ahead and get your pen and notepad out, and write You're going to be writing some of these titles down because we're going to we're going to be talking about a lot of books, yeah. and uh, maybe and we'll try Amazon to put them in the show notes too. Open. Do what? We'll try to put
2: them in show notes, too. We'll see. Yeah. I
1: thought about that, but this would be like... I mean, this would be really long. It would take me probably as long as the podcast is to get the show notes together for this. If we listed, we tagged every book that we're going to talk about. I mean, I have a lot of books here. Okay. Yeah, well. Let me talk about my reading. i just I just explained to you why I started reading. And the first book... So I read a little bit in college because, right, you got to, right? You got you to gotta read the assignments and stuff. So I, I was reading in college. Once I graduated college, I didn't, I didn't crack open a book again for the next four years. I did not open a book. I didn't even, reading was not even on my radar. And then my brother told me he was reading a book that he thought was very helpful. And I, I'm, I'm giving you part of my journey, but I'm not necessarily recommending this book. So at this was the, the right book at the right time for me. And he, he gave me a copy of Ordering Your Private World by Gordon MacDonald. And to be honest with you, where I'm at right now, I would not recommend Gordon MacDonald's writings. But reading that book, it shook me. And I could not, it, you ever hear people talk about when they're reading, they couldn't put the book down or they couldn't, you know, stop turning the pages on the book and keep going. That was me in this book. I was devouring it. It, God used this book. From there, I was looking for the next book. Like I was thirsty. I was starving for what I just got out of this book. And so I was looking for the next one. And another friend of mine uh, had mentioned that he was picking up this book by David Platt called Radical. I would recommend Radical. That's a good book. I picked up Radical. Yeah, that'll transform my life. Oh, ra- radical is probably one of the the reason I am no longer in the IFB. Yeah. Because radical shook me to the core and woke me up to the point of, what am I doing in the ministry that I'm in? Because this does not line up with what I believe Jesus' ministry was about. And it's what's caused me to leave there. Now, there's a whole slew of God, uh sovereign uh, acts that has led me out of the independent fundamental Baptist movement, but radical was one of the catalyst things. Those are the two books that I would say that, uh, helped me move from there. Now, if, if I I thought about this, the book that has most impacted you, I'm going to mention one book and then I'm going to give two honorable mentions. (laughs) I know I can't stay with one book. I'm so sorry, Hmm. but one book, and this is the book that if anybody says recommend a book, I recommend this book 100% 100% of the time, every single time. And this is a book that if you forget any books that I say today, I want you to write this one down, put this in your Amazon cart, buy it. And that is The Mortification of Sin by John Owen. It is a, uh, get it in a Puritan paperback form. It's a little bit easier to digest in the way that they, uh, the Banner of Truth and Trust has have put that together. But this book really, uh, and i want to talk about a book that helped me on sanctification later, but this book transformed my life with the way that my battle with sin was in at, at my everyday Christian living. The Mortification of Sin by John Owen. I don't think anybody's gotten close to being better with talking about sin in the Christian life as this guy. Two honorable mentions that really have impacted me are The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Must read. Must read. And if you're looking for a bigger one to devour, an and you're like, okay, I'm ready for the heavy stuff. Um, and I say that because it's a thick book. Uh, the Desiring God, Desiring God by John Piper. Everyone should read those three books. But if you're only going to read one of those three, read The Mortification of Sin. But Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul, Desiring God by John Piper. Desiring God is just is so great. It's so good. It's so good. And uh, Holiness of God is a must-read. So that is the book that those books have most impacted me on my journey. I know I sort of broke my own rules there with giving, actually ended up giving five books. Let's move to the next one, all right? So back to you, James, on let's let's talk about books that have influenced you. Let's start with uh, the category of legalism. All right.
2: Now, John is what we would call an overachiever. Just let our audience know. Uh, if you tell him to do something, he's going to go above and beyond uh, what you even asked or expected. Uh, so well,
1: let, to- let's just, uh, <laughs> full disclosure, James, how many books are you reading right now? Uh,
2: three. I'm reading
1: 3 reading three. Okay. Yeah. Um, John's reading like ten probably right now. One, two, <laughs> three, four, five. If you don't count the commentaries on the messages I'm studying,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm reading about six books and one booklet. Yeah. So there there you have it, guys. He's an
2: overachiever. I, I am not a fast reader either. It takes me a lot longer to read a book. I can read a book, uh, a pretty good-sized book. It takes me about two months just with everything going on. Um, but unless it's one of those books I can't put down... Then, you know, I, I, I read it more often. So the first book, and, and so just another thing to talk about, uh, me and John came through different paths of coming out of the IFB. And so yes. some of our books are going to be um, different authors, different, and that's good because it's good to show you that it wasn't just one person that helped develop us and help you know, mentor us through as we were reading them. And so the book that helped me out of legalism, John, I don't know if you've ever even heard of this guy or read it. I'm sure you've heard of him. Uh, but it's Bob Goff, his, uh, Love Does and everything, everybody always. Uh, so I love Love Does. I read Love Does, um, five years ago and it had been out for a while and, uh, I was working at Chick-fil-A and my Chick-fil-A owner said, Hey, why don't we Uh, read a book together. And I I said, Hey, I want to do some more leadership training. I want to do some stuff like that. And so we sat down every week and we read this book and it rocked my world um, just to read and to see the things that he went through as a normal person and how God used him just by loving people. And that's the thing, the independent fundamental Baptist world, they may say they love people, but you just heard the, the loving Tony Hudson get up And really love that Bob Jones graduate. Um, His other (laughs) book, his uh, second book that he came out with was Everybody Always. And he goes more into depth of the first one. So as soon as it came out, I bought it from Hobby Lobby because it was on sale there. And I read it in a couple of weeks time. Uh, But it was just two really, really good books um, that helped me. And so that's sort of where I'm at.
1: All right, pause it. Okay, so the book that has influenced me in the area of legalism, and if you've listened to me, uh, even if you've been, you've listened to the very beginning episodes of this podcast, you've heard me recommend this book and talk about this book several times, and that is the book called The Grace Awakening by Chuck Swindoll. I think the single- best work I've ever read when it talks about the issue of legalism uh, in the Christian Christian faith is Grace Awakening by Chuck Swindoll. It has been a huge impact on many believers' lives. I've read it at least three times. Um, I can't say enough about it. One other, well, two other ones that I have here are books that uh, in 2018— James and I got to go to Together for the Gospel, T4G, uh, in 2018. And one of the great things about T4G, T4G is they give you tons of free books. They do, And uh, sometimes I don't even know who the authors are. And you never, you, ever, you know, uh, find something. It's sort of like, you know, you don't know anything about a movie or a show you're about to watch or whether it's a piece of food that you're about to eat. You don't know anything about it but then you either watch it or you eat it. And it's just like amazing. And just the the feeling of just the delight of discovering something amazing. All right. I felt that way when I read these two books, because when I got these books, when they gave them to us at T4G, they're by the author of a guy named Andy Nacelli or Andrew David Naselli And I was like, who is that? I never heard of him. Never really had a whole lot of excitement and desire to read them. But I had done a thing with it because we came away with so many books after T4G. I was like, well, I'm going to start chipping away at the books that I got. And so I've, I've made an order and I started reading one after the other, one after the other. When I got to Andy Naselli's book, I was just extremely delighted and so excited that what I was reading was just amazing. And so uh, I haven't read a whole lot of Andy Nacelli, just these two books so I don't want to say anything Andy this writes, grab. Um, I, w- I would, I would, but these two books are must haves. Uh, I know I keep saying that, but um, as far as helping me with with coming out, with legalism and coming out of legalism, uh, these two books are ones that I want to quickly um, recommend, and that is Conscience: What It Is, How to Train It, and Loving Those Who Differ. This is by Andrew David Naselli and J.D. Crowley. This book is. Amazing! Yes. I love this book. I've I've gone back and referred to it several times. We're probably going to do an episode on the conscience, and we'll be using this book and going to it. And uh, so, this if this is questions about that. Whether if you have questions about how uh, coming out of legalism and liberty uh, work with the First Corinthians twelve passage and the Romans fourteen passage, or I'm sorry, First Corinthians eight passage, you need to read conscience. You need to read conscience. Andy Niseli, I believe, is a professor at Bethlehem College in Minnesota. This is the college that is attached to the church. Well, I don't know if it's attached to a church, but it's it's um it's uh, he, I think he's close with John Piper's ministry, but uh, very very good. Another one, and this is one of the this is probably the second book, uh, most important book that's helped me with the idea of sanctification, and that is no quick fix. No quick fix where higher life theology came from, what it is, and why it's harmful. Now, uh, this is by Andrew David Naselli. Now, this book is mainly about uh, giving, a, debunking the, the theology of this uh, let go, let God movement, this uh, Keswick theology, higher life theology, uh, that is, was written about, became popular in the early 1900s, and uh, is there. Now, you may not be there, but one of the great things that I loved about this book was in, in counteracting that, he gives a very clear um, uh, layout of what biblical sanctification looks like. And it was uh, monumental for my life at the time that I read it. Absolutely loved it. And so those are my books, The Grace Awakening, Conscience, by Andrew, uh, Andy Naselli and J.D. Crowley, and then No Quick Fix by Andy Naselli. All right, so books that have influenced you on the the Bible. All right, my books from the
2: Bible that have helped me really, um, and these aren't books that you just sit down and read. Um, these are more of my commentaries that have helped me. Um, of course, the John MacArthur commentaries, um, John references them a lot. I ref- I use them. Uh, Whenever I'm doing any book study, I'll buy one of his books um, on his commentary. Um, And then the other one that I've just recently got into, I got a couple of them um, at the last T4G20 um, was the uh, For You commentaries. I really like them. They are very easy to read. They're very applicable for teenagers um, in that area. Sometimes John MacArthur can go really deep and I can get stuck in some of those things uh, but Tim,
1: is Tim Tim Keller's one of the editors for those, right?
2: Yeah. He, there's several editors that go through them. Uh, Danny Aiken's done some, um, so, so there's Tim Steve Keller. Steve Lawson has done, yeah, Steve Lawson's done one. So, so th- whenever I go through a book, I'll grab, normally I pick up MacArthur's commentary and I'll pick up a for you commentary and especially depending on who I'm talking to. If I'm preaching through a book for my teenagers, then I'm grabbing the for you commentary and I'm going to read through it. Um. So that, those are two that have really helped me just in my studies, um, really, of the Bible. Um, and I, I think that's where you want me to go, John. I don't know exactly. Um.
1: Uh, no, that's my fault. Okay. This is, this is my fault. Sorry, we just figured this out on air. Um, no, I, I, what I did is I wrote these things down. I gave James the show, the list of what we're going to do. What I was talking about is a book that you've read that's helped influence your view of the Bible.
2: Oh, Okay
1: go ahead, John. Sorry, James. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking for commentaries, those are the two that I use. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I got three here, uh, but that's good. I'm glad that you mentioned the commentary thing because that was actually one that would be needed that we didn't, I didn't have wrote down, uh, because people are going to want to know about Bible study and what, what to go for, for Bible study. So I, I th- I'm glad that that actually happened. Um so three books that come to my mind when talking about the one that we have talked about and recommended so many times but uh that has to be mentioned that's helped me tremendously was whenever I found the book The King James Only Controversy by James White. If you've ever been in any type of King James onlyism or coming out of it whatever state you are this has to be a read for you. You have to read this book. Um And there have been a lot of other books that's been written on the King James Onlyism issue. This is, and I've read most of them, and uh, the ones that I haven't read are on my bookshelf and I'm going to read, okay? Uh, this, This is the best. This is the best book on the issue. And regardless of what you may think about James White, this book, this issue is the best book on the market. Um, The next one, the book that really transformed my view of the Bible and sort of helped me hang on to a view of the sufficiency of Scripture was an easy, very digestible book. It's only about uh, 200 pages from cover to cover, and I highly recommend it. It's called Why Believe the Bible by John MacArthur. And so I definitely recommend that book. He talks about canonization. He talks about sufficiency. He talks about inspiration. He talks about inerrancy. He talks about how to study the Bible. He talks about all of these topics in a very easy-to-understand way in this book. So I highly recommend this. And then one more that I just read. This is one that I actually just finished. Uh, One of my things, me and James set some goals as far as reading goes this year. And so one of my goals was I want to read one book on counseling a month, one book on theology a month, one book on or one booklet a month on uh, a counseling issue and then i was going to read six biographies this year and uh the first book that i picked up in the area of theology was this book called one foundation unfortunately i'm having trouble trying to find a place for people to purchase it because i was going to recommend it to our church and i was going to say well this is where you can buy it but i'm having trouble finding a way that people can buy it but this was sent to me by grace to you It was a book that was compiled for John MacArthur's 50th anniversary. But relax, it is not like a big, uh, everybody just sits there and dotes over John MacArthur throughout the book. Actually, he's only mentioned once or twice. Uh, The the thing that I like about the book is they stick with the topic of the Bible. It's written, each chapter is written by a different guy. And my three favorite chapters are a chapter written by R.C. Sproul. Um, There's a chapter written by Vody Balcom that's really good, and then a chapter written by Justin Peters on how God speaks. So one foundation uh, is Essays on the Sufficiency of Scripture is another great book on the view of the Bible. Uh, So now let's move to the next one, the next topic here, books that have influenced you and the area of ministry. Because I think we have people, we do have people that listen to our podcast that are in ministries, and and do ministry work. So uh I wanted to include this category in and uh help us because if you have done ministry in the IFB it is you you really need a, a detox and a restructuring of how to do ministry afterwards. And so James I want to hear your thoughts on uh some books that's influenced you on the way you do ministry now.
2: All right, we'll go back to T4G 2018 our big old stack of free books that we got. Uh, disclaimer T4G is not sponsoring this episode either uh, <laughs> they are not a sponsor uh, but T4G they gave out all those great books and it's hard when you come back like John said to see all these books that were free it's one thing to order one off Amazon and you read it when it comes in or you have it for study but when you're just given 25 books you know where do you start and so I set them down just like John did I took a picture of them I started sorting through what I wanted to do and I saw this title, Reset, and uh, the subtitle is How to Navigate Life in a Burnout World, uh, so, something very similar to that. Um, you got
1: that at T4G?
2: Living a Grace-Paced Life in Burnout Culture. Yeah, it gave to us T4G 2018, I believe. I'm pretty sure it was that conference. I don't have that book. And when I read that book, it was, it was like that book that John mentioned earlier when he just, it just rocked his world. It stopped everything. And uh, I was, Who wrote old, it? it was David Murray. And I'm sitting there, and my, my literally, you can talk to my wife every day almost. I was coming home, hey, I read this, this, like I read the book twice. I read it and then I stopped and I read it again. And I sat down with my pastor and I said, this, this. And he's like, yeah, dude, I, I know these things. Uh, <laughs> but for me, coming out of the IFB, reading this book, thinking about it. Um, he, he goes through these checkout stations, like almost like terminals. If you're riding a train, every so often you're going to stop. Every so often you're going to stop, and you're just going to reset at these checkout stations. And he goes through mentally how to reset your mind in a world when all you've been indoctrinating is to rush, 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 burn out, burn out, burn out, burn out for Jesus. Uh, we've heard that many times. And, man, it, it really rocked my world. It helped me out. Um, and then him and his wife co-wrote the second book called Refresh. Um, that That's going to be later. It's in my Amazon card. I'm not going to mention that one. But it's one that I want to get and I want to read with my wife. Um, and it is um, it's called Refresh. And it's um, Embracing Grace-paced Life in a World of Endless Demands. Um, and just how to take this a step further. And so it's one that I want to read. I haven't ordered it yet, but it's by Shonda and David Murray. Uh, him and his wife co-wrote it together. Fantastic book on reset. If you haven't read it, if you're struggling with this, if you've been burnt out, if you're out of ministry, I highly recommend this book helping you. It helped me so much.
1: Oh, I wrote that one down. I think that will be the one that I get from from your list, definitely. That sounds, well, I mean, I wrote I wrote the, the all of them down, but I mean, that one has really got me intrigued. Yeah. And I don't have it. I don't think you got that from T4G 2018 because I don't have that book. I did Unless you bought it at T4G, you didn't get it. Like, it wasn't given to you. You went and bought it from the bookstore.
2: So I thought I had. I was given
1: to me. But if if not, either way. Okay. That's got me excited about a new book. Um, all right, so for ministry, for me, that has really helped me. Of course, there's probably uh, probably one of the the topics that I read the most about. So there could be a lot in this area, but I wrote down two, and I've already mentioned one book by MacArthur. Uh, this will be the only other book that I, I uh, recommend that I mentioned by that author, and this is uh, the Master's Plan for the Church. Uh, you want a healthy ecclesiology. Doctrine of the Church, I recommend The Master's Plan for the Church. I really enjoyed this book. It helped me refocus my understanding of the church uh, at a time where I was sort of going back and forth and trying to uh, get a grasp on what the purpose of the church is and what the church should be doing. The Master's Plan for the Church by John MacArthur. And probably the single most book that I, I would recommend to anybody in ministry work if you have not read it Uh, which a lot of people have because it is a popular book, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church by Mark Dever. Um, I think that if you are a pastor or you do church work at all, um, you need to read this book. Uh, You may not line up every theological point with Mark Dever, but uh, what he says in this book, I 100% back. I I love the, the Nine Marks of a Healthy Church book. And he wrote a very condensed form uh, with the same philosophy in a book that's a small, small pocket-sized book that's about 100 pages called What is a Healthy Church? And I think that book, uh, you read ministry guys, pastors need to read Nine Marks of a Healthy Church, but I think they need to take that little book, little book of what is a healthy church and their people need to read it. Yeah. Because it would be a great tool of getting people on the same page of what the church is supposed to be doing, and what church people are supposed to be viewing the church. Yeah, and John, uh, I, I didn't. Ahead. I didn't get that book from T4G.
2: I looked it up just now. It was not given out of T4G. I remember where I got it. I got it my first year here in Idaho. in sorry, in in midnight. And I was at the North Carolina Baptist Convention, and they had a young pastor's conference. And all the young pastors of North Carolina went to that, and it was in a book, in a bag that they had given to us um, from the convention. That book was in there. And so that's where I got it from.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Last category under books that have influenced you. We talked about legalism. We talked about the Bible. We talked about ministry. Lastly, we have family. James?
2: We have two more, family and historical. But, yeah, family, um, I think I added historical, John. I did, (laughs) personally. (laughs) I did, sorry. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) family, I have two books here. Uh, One, I'm in the process of reading. It's a short book, but I'm still in the process of reading it. But the one that I read years ago and that I've used here at our church is called Passionate Parenting by Kerry Schmidt. Um, He goes through, I believe it's 18 or 21 um different styles of parenting. Um, and it is a fantastic book on um I, I really use it for teaching parents and helping parents understand what style of parent you are and the negatives and positives of that. Uh, so it's a fantastic book by Carrie Schmidt. The second one I got when I was <clears throat> looking at a I was at a conference. It was a family conference. And we went and did a small tour of the church, and they had some books there at the table. And uh, I asked, you know, why they've got them out here. And he said, these are free for parents to pick up. And he picked up the book, and he said, this book I recommend and I give to every parent, um, especially in our day and age, but it's called The Tech-Wise Family by Andy Crouch. And so I'm currently in the process of reading it, but it deals with technology and the family and how to model that, how to... Um, balance that in the family and not to let the technology overrun your family but have time and I think we know this and we say this but have time to disconnect from technology but a lot of times it's got to be modeled from the parents I don't know how many times my wife will nudge me at the dinner table because my phone's out beside me and we're eating dinner and I'm on my phone or I'm texting a church member and she'll say hey we're, we're doing dinner and the kids are trying to talk to you and in my mind well my phone's here and and they see they're trying to tell me something in their 7-year-old mind my phone is more important than what they have to say and so it just balances making sure your technology is in the right place making sure you've got good balance in your life and so I'm currently in process of reading through that book it's a small book it's only like 110 pages uh, but like I said I'm
1: a I'm a slow reader so good good that, I think that's very intriguing to most people because that's that uh, tech wise thing is something that we're all in the middle of and all um curious about doing better at and and you know need some help there um my book uh one i have read the other i'm currently reading and uh the book that i have read on parenting is probably the single best book i've ever read on parenting and um it's called Parenting by Paul David Tripp. That's a very unique title, John. It is. It's got a subtitle of like 14 Gospel Principles, but it is Gospel-centered, Grace-Centered Parenting. And it's if you're look, if you're going to the book wanting, okay, what do I do when my child does this? It's not that kind of book. It is a book to get to the heart and philosophy of how you parent. And it is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Parenting by Paul Tripp. And then I'm currently reading a book about marriage called, I'm reading a book about that, but I'm reading a book called, by about marriage called Strengthening Your Marriage by Wayne Mack. Uh, more along the lines of, of it's, it's a unique setup of the book, but I love it so far and recommend it. Um, uh, but um, halfway through it, I think, uh, but Strengthening Your Marriage by Wayne Mack. All right. James, you said you had a category of history, so I imagine you got a book for that.
2: I did, yeah. You know, as I was looking through my books, of what I'd read and some things, this book stood out to me. It's uh, we, This one was given to us in 2018 at T4G. It was the 21 Sovereign uh, Servants of Sovereign Joy, um, that biography of sovereign saints. Um, and, man, it has blessed me. I've just taken one or two of them, and I've read through them, and read through their stories. They're not long stories of their life, but, man, they're so impactful reading some of these guys back in the 16th, 17th, 1800s. Um, and, and the things they went through and the trials they went through and how they still serve Jesus faithfully. Um, it shows that there's hope for us, and uh, it's just really helped me. I wanted to share that historically. I'm a historical buff. Too. Oh,
1: okay. So I see. I see what you're talking about. I mentioned something about putting out a biography on there.
2: Yeah, on yeah. I think you did. Okay, so,
1: that's what it was. Um. Okay, I see Your 21 Servants of Sovereign Joy
2: mm, by you
1: John gonna, Piper. You're gonna and I, John raise you, mm-hmm. I raise you. I raise you. This book of a similar vein. And this is a book that I would highly recommend. Uh, both books that me and James are recommending here are not small. They're very <laughs> thick. But they're intended to be like taking a portion at a time. You know, maybe read one biography in the book and come back to it a later time. But... This one is called Pillars of Grace by Stephen Lawson. Mm. Now, if you are not of the Reformed stance, you're not of the doctrines of grace leaning, uh, I don't want you to be misled here. It is very, un, it's a it's a book that points out the doctrines of grace throughout the history of the church in these men's lives. Um, if, if, if you're interested in hearing from uh, someone who holds the doctrines of grace a Doctrines of Grace position, then I highly recommend you read this book. Um, If it just bothers you so much, if you could get past that just a little bit and at least read the stories of these men, because the way he he sets it up is he tells you first just the plain story of each of these men throughout church history, and then at the end he talks about their theology. And uh, so I think the Pillars of Grace was a great book. It covers everybody from Clement of Rome, who was a convert of probably one of the disciples of Christ. And it goes all the way to, I believe, uh, uh, Calvin, Luther, and those guys. So highly recommend this. Um, he's got a great chapter in there on William Tyndale. So 21 Servants of Sovereign joy. The similar idea, he has different biographies through different church history. Uh, I've read, I've got the same book. I've read many of the chapters in that book. I agree with James. Highly recommend that. Um, Highly recommend Pillars of Grace by Stephen Lawson and uh, a long line of godly men through church history on those books. All right, so that covers our subject of the books that have influenced you. All right, John. We're going to bring it, we're bringing it home we got two more categories, but these are going to uh, sort of go together. What book are you currently reading that you love?
2: All right. So we are, I've mentioned several books that I'm currently reading already, but the two that I'm <laughs> we currently, have, we? we have, uh, the two that I wrote down that I'm currently reading is what is a healthy church was what John said by Mark Dever. Uh, I just <laughs> recently bought it. It was actually, I have read the nine marks, nine marks of a healthy church. Um, and on one of my Facebook groups, someone had said, "Hey, you should go and find this book. It's a really good book." And so I saw it. I went on Amazon. I found it for like three dollars, and it was a used book. And so I bought it. And uh, so I'm in the process of reading it. And the other one, I just got it at our last men's conference that we went to down in um, Georgia. It is Unspoken by Johnny Hunt. Um, he's uh It's it's a book that deals with. Uh, men's struggles, the things that they struggle with, addiction, pornography, uh, pride, things like that. And he covers it um, in a lot of different areas. And so I've just started reading it, just picked it up. It's on my book to read on my desk. So those are the two that I'm currently reading, plus the other ones that I said we're in the process of reading.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did this same thing. Um, If I was going to mention two books here, one that I'm reading right now, uh, is sort of a biography and the other is a book that I was recommended by my supervisor to read, to help me with my counseling. But the book has been just, you ever get that book that you're like, Oh, I'll read this. It'll help somebody else. Help me help somebody else. And it just works you over mm-hmm. like crazy. That's what this book has been doing. The first one is what is a girl worth by Rachel Den Hollander. And uh, I've been enjoying that. It's a biography about uh, Rachel Den Hollander's story. She was, um, uh, she's a lawyer and a gymnast, and she, uh, one of the ones that helped break the story of the U.S. gymnastics scandal um, with the doctor that sexually abused uh, hundreds, maybe thousands of girls uh, through the U.S. gymnastics, Larry Nasser. and uh, she's telling her story, which is very cool, because she is a believer, and she's, a, she's actually a Reformed Baptist, and a uh, homeschool mom, and I uh, highly recommend, I'm halfway through the book, it's just been great. I, I've really enjoyed it, and, um, and so really well written, Rachel, very good writer. The book that I said was working me over is called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by Paul Tripp. This book, whew, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's really hitting me like, oh my goodness, I got to get right with God after every chapter. Okay. Um, but it's been really great at explaining how we set up our heart issues that, uh, keep us from worshiping and serving, uh, who we're supposed to, and that's God. Uh, so current books that I'm reading that I absolutely love instruments in the Redeemer's hands by Paul Tripp. And what is a girl worth by Rachel Denhollander. Um, so let's move on to the final topic, final topic, uh, Three books in your Amazon cart that you are looking forward to reading or maybe on your bookshelf that you're looking forward to.
2: Well, I shared my Amazon cart with uh, my wish list with um, my family this year for Christmas and my birthday. And so a lot of these books were taken off. And so my Amazon book list is down to like seven or eight. And so I uh, had some books that were uh, that I really had wanted. And so they're sitting at my house because I haven't borrowed them my office yet. But the first one is this, that I'm looking forward to getting one day and reading, is uh, my family, we we have enjoyed watching The uh, the Greatest Showman. We watch it a lot. We probably watch it every two months, so we'll probably watch it six times in a year. My daughter loves dancing to it. She loves just singing and going crazy, and so I thought I, I would- I have refer-
1: not seen it.
2: John, come on.
1: I know, I'm a movie buff, but I have not seen it. So- I, I've always,
2: every time I watch it, something will stand out, and I'll say, "Was that really in the story of Barnum?" Because you know, there's there's a lot of they're they're making fluff to it, and some, some most of it, it's like ninety percent of the movie is pretty much true, it's pretty much spot on, but there is that ten percent that is fluctuated, that is uh, that is not true. And so there's a book by Pete that it's an autobiography by PT Barnum called Barnum's Own Story, and so I put it in my Amazon cart, in my wish list for that one want to read it. The second one that's in there that I'm looking forward to getting, haven't read after these people, it's the the Peacemaker Ministries. Um, It's called Redeeming Church Conflicts, Turning Crisis into Compassion and Care by Tara Barthel and David Edling. Never heard of them before. I don't know if you've heard of them. Okay, It it came up as uh, I was looking for something. It was one of those recommended things. So I added it because you can learn from a lot of different people. It may be a horrible book. I may waste $10 on that book, but I want (laughs) to at least read it. I've got their other book in my cart. Um, I think it's Resolving Peace or Peacemakers or something. I don't know. Uh, But I didn't mention it because I'm more interested in this one first. And then the last one that I put in is the book called Lead Like Jesus. Um, And this is Blanchard and Hodge wrote this book. Um, And it takes the life of Jesus and his leadership principles um, and they wrote a book about it, and so I'm excited about getting it just to enhance my leadership ability.
1: Awesome. That sounds great. Uh, so you want to know how many books are actually in my Amazon cart? How many, John? Three, two uh, 270.
2: Good, good. You need to make that into a wish list, not a cart, and then people can buy it for you, John. <laughs> I feel bad.
1: I feel like I'm bumming stuff off of people.
2: No, no, like for your birthday. When someone says, Mary says, hey, what do you want for your birthday? Or your mom says, what do you want for your birthday? Or whoever, hey, here's my wish list. Go ahead and buy a couple things off of it. Why not?
1: Well, you may have to show me how to do that. I'm very technologically inept. Yes, go ahead. All right, so uh, it it was a little bit of a struggle for me to pick out just three because I have 270 books in my Amazon cart and many on my bookshelf that I haven't read yet. So here are three that I most want to read like right now. Sometimes I wish that I had a UAE in the back of my head and I could just take a flash drive with all of this information and just download it straight into my brain. Because there's so many things that I want to know. I want to read. I want this information. I want what this, this, these things that are written, this information written in this book I want it now, <laughs> and I'm, I'm impatient. Um, it's called audiobooks, John. I, you know what? I, if it's a novel, I can handle audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Like, I can stay with an audiobook if it's a novel. If it's not a novel, if it's nonfiction or something like that, it becomes noise to me in my ears, and I just lose it. I, I'm not paying attention to it at all. Yeah. I don't know why that is with me, but that's just the way it is. I am jealous of people who can devour audiobooks like the books that we've been mentioning all day. Yeah,
2: oh, I know, I know, I can't do it either. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, another ahead. interesting. We're thing out is, of time. John.
1: Oh, sorry, sorry. All right, <laughs> uh, the uh, three books: "The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse" by David Johnson. Uh, spiritual abuse is a topic that I I'm very interested in trying to uh, get gather as much as I can to study that, uh, so I can work on my counseling with that issue. The next one is a book that everybody's been hearing recommended. that I have not read yet. And that is Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. Um, I want to get that book. Uh, yeah. It's like, okay, I know I need to read this book and I want to just haven't got around to it yet. I want to get that one. And then the next one, the last one is Putting Your Past in Its Place by Steve Viers. Steve Vyers is a biblical counselor and pastor of a church in Faith Lafayette. He's actually also my supervisor in counseling, and so he, he has written some very good biblical counseling material. And uh, this is a book that he has written on uh, putting the past in its place and overcoming your past situation. So, there you have it, guys. Uh, I know we just like totally dump truck loaded, dumped books on you today. You may want to uh, rewind, back up, get some of these things down. But uh, this is something that James and I enjoy doing, and so next week. We'll have things mapped out and be able to get ready. Again, thank you so much for the 10,000 downloads, for all of you that listen. Share the podcast, rate the podcast, comment on the podcast, send us uh, 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 messages and those things. Uh, You guys are awesome, and we love you. And uh, uh, that is it. James, do you have any final comments? I'm good, John. All right. Until next time, to God not... Tony Hudson. Be the glory.